Welcome to the Score Fantasy Football Live Week 15, the Fantasy Semifinals. I'm your host, Justin Boone, the lead fantasy analyst at The Score. Appreciate you tuning in for what is sadly our last live show of the year since next week, week 16. The live show would happen on Friday, which would be Christmas Day. So we won't be doing that, but don't worry. All my content will be coming out as usual next week. We'll have rankings and start sit stash quit all that stuff at the end of the week will still be happening we just won't be doing the live show because i'm gonna have to pull away from my family's christmas festivities around the mid-afternoon to go update the rankings before that friday night game i don't think i could step away for the entire day i think they would probably kill me at that point so i won't be doing that but the rest of the content will all be the same pretty normal week content wise other than the live show not happening on friday but It will be fantasy championship week, but to get there, we got to get through week 15 first. So today I'm going to be talking about the key injuries that could impact you in the fantasy semifinals. We'll be talking about some of the starts and sits, the guys I like, the guys I don't like this week, and then I will take as many of your questions at the end in the final segment as I can here. So in the interest of saving time, that's why I'm kind of skipping right through things here. And I want to get right into it. And I want to talk about, there's a few guys that I don't expect to see back this week. So we can quickly just run through them. Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Julio Jones, Kenny Galladay, Debo Samuel. I think it's going to be at least another week for those guys. And there is a chance that we don't see any of those guys for the rest of the season. There's only two weeks left here in the fantasy season anyway. I don't know that we're going to see any of those guys back. So you got to be making other plans, but you likely already have already. We got a few quarterbacks that we got to monitor this week. Drew Brees, that was the big one. We got word Friday morning that he got cleared by doctors. He's expected to start now. And they're saying that he's been getting first team reps all week and that they kind of kept it quiet in their building. So good for them. Not many teams are able to do that, but that means that the Taysom Hill train going back into the station here, it was very fun while it lasted. But now Breeze is back and Breeze will slot into that fringe QB1 range, low-end QB1, high-end QB2 in that matchup with the Chiefs that looks even more exciting now between those two teams. Could be a Super Bowl preview there. And no one is happier about this than Alvin Kamara, right? Alvin Kamara should see his targets go right back up to the normally consistent levels they were at before. Took a bit of a dip there some of those weeks with Taysom Hill. And we could see, I'll mention this now, but... Michael Thomas might not be able to play in this game. He's missed practice on Wednesday and on Thursday. We'll see what Friday holds for him. But if he's out, that would mean even more work for Kamara, and it would bump Breeze down a little bit. Obviously, you'd see Emmanuel Sanders, Traquan Smith, they would move up into that uh, into that sort of flex range. They'd still be kind of risky, but you could play them as flex options in that game. But Kamara, really the big winner with Breeze back. Matthew Stafford. He's been playing through that thumb injury. Now he apparently has this very painful rib cartilage injury as well. Seems like he's on the doubtful side. I know that the team keeps saying that, well, even if he doesn't practice, he could be out there this week. And he's a tough guy. He's played through a lot of injuries, I know. So there's a chance that he could be out there. But if he's not, it's going to hurt all of the Lions options, right? Even the the running backs, you can't really make an argument that they're going to get more work. The The offense won't be in scoring position as often. So DeAndre Swift would become a, an RB2, Hawkinson more into that mid-range tight end one, and then Marvin Jones, kind of a, a risky wide receiver three, although he's already kind of risky even with uh, Stafford out there. He hasn't been as consistent as you'd like to see from a guy who's in that number one slot 
with Galladay out, but not really anybody else worth considering in that Lions offense. Daniel Jones, he's got the hamstring issue. He's got an ankle injury. He's trying to contend with all this stuff and still play. We saw him try to play through injury last week and kind of fail. He wasn't really able to do it. Eventually got pulled in that game. He's been limited in practices this week. Um, Seems like he's going to attempt to play again here. I'm not very confident that he's going to be able to do that. And even if he is, it's kind of like the Lions situation, maybe even worse. It's tough to justify playing a giant skill position player right now when you're in the semifinals and everything's on the line. Hopefully you got better options there. Uh, Alex Smith... Brandon Allen, not really fantasy options, but they could impact some other players. They haven't practiced early in the week. Right now, I'm expecting those guys to miss. So that means Dwayne Haskins, probably Ryan Finley. We'll see, but neither of those guys are great options, and they hurt really all the skill position players on both of those teams. Terry McLaurin would be the only one that I would feel really good playing just based on all the injuries and everything. At running back, all right, we got Ezekiel Elliott. So He hasn't practiced this week due to a calf issue, but he's been doing some work on the side, and we've seen this before where Zeke doesn't practice, but he's kind of doing resistance training on the side, and then they still let him go out there because it's Zeke, and they're going to play him regardless, right? So they're insisting that that's what's happening here. He's going to play. Mike McCarthy did say on Friday that Zeke's actually a little further away this week than he was last week at this time and suggested it was because he played in that Bengals game and they didn't sit him out. And the plan, according to McCarthy, is that they are going to play him this week the same way. So I would expect a pretty big dose of Tony Pollard. We were already kind of getting that. And that means that with the injury, with Pollard getting involved, Zeke falls into that really low-end RB2, probably even more high-end RB3 range. And Pollard's just a a flex. You kind of have to hope that he finds the end zone or that Zeke ends up leaving the game and then Pollard gets more work there. Not really ideal options. Uh, James Conner, another guy who hasn't hit the practice field uh, as of Friday morning. I haven't seen the Friday report for them yet, but he didn't practice on Wednesday or, or sorry, he didn't practice on Thursday because they're playing on Monday. So the Thursday practice was basically like their Wednesday practice in a normal week, right? So we'll see if he's able uh, to get out there. The problem here, even in a good matchup with the Bengals, I mean, you got to be worried. Can you really trust Connor in your lineup as an RB2? I mean, you could view him as an RB2 at best, I suppose, but you really need him to find the end zone there. They've been working in other guys. Last week, it was Jalen Samuels getting a bunch of work. He played almost 50% of the snaps in that game. So we've seen Benny Snell and Anthony McFarlane and Samuels all get work at different times this year. And given what's supposed to be a pretty positive game script against the Bengals, you would think that Snell would be the best replacement. But once again, this is another guy that he's not going to be involved much in the passing game. So you need him to find the end zone in order to pay off. I'm not sure I would be playing any of these guys if Connor's out. It's a really tough situation to go after there. Snell, if Connor was out, Snell would be in that RB3 flex range for me. Uh, Ronald Jones. So he fractured the pinky finger. Now he's on the COVID list. Not planning to see him this week. We talked about it on Wednesday's preview show for the podcast. Uh, Leonard Fournette would be the guy who would step in there, but it's a pretty tough matchup. You're also going to have LaShawn McCoy working in and McCoy looked kind of fresh. He hadn't done much work in a while. So actually looked pretty fresh last week, but this matchup with the Falcons, they're more of a pass funnel. They're pretty good against the run. Not a great defense overall. 
I think they're going to pass on them to move the ball this week. So another situation where those guys aren't finding the end zone, they're going to be really difficult to get into your lineup. Just risky RB threes at best. Antonio Gibson, I still think it's unlikely that we're going to see him, but I wanted to mention this because he he's probably going to be out this week, but he was doing running back drills in practice on Friday, and that just popped up before we came on. So I wanted to say that just in case we get a surprise and he's able to play. He's been dealing with that toe injury. I think at worst, this is a good sign that he could be back next week, but we'll see if uh, we get lucky and he actually plays in this game. Melvin Gordon, Philip Lindsay. I'll be honest, I don't really have a great take here. Um, they're both listed as questionable. They're playing on Saturday, so you'll have to make an early decision on them, but at least you're going to get to see whether they're playing or not. This isn't a late Sunday game or a Monday game where you have to take a guess at it, so we'll know whether they're active or not. Seems like they're both going to play. I don't really love either of them here. I see Gordon as an RB3, Lindsay as a, an RB4 flex. They're both banged up. Uh, that offense isn't overly exciting. I knew I know Drew Locke can get get it going kind of Jameis Winston style and and throw it all over the yard like he did against the Panthers. But uh, Gordon, if he plays, he's the guy who I would go with if you had to pick between those two. But with the injuries and everything, I just don't see either of them having a, a ceiling game this week. Raheem Mostert, this is one that a lot of people have been asking me about. Probably should have led with this one off the top because of that. But uh, I didn't put Mostert in my rankings yet this week, and I know he practiced in a limited fashion on Thursday. The team keeps saying that they think he's going to be able to play. I was concerned. They sent him for an MRI early in the week. They're that worried about it. So we'll see if he can get out there. If not, then Jeff Wilson, and this is how I had it ranked, Jeff Wilson will be up in the RB2 ranks inside the top 20. I would really like him this week. But if Mostert's out there, then they both become upside, albeit upside, RB3 plays. And they both, if they could find the end zone, both guys would have a chance to put up RB2 numbers. Um, but I kind of hope that Mostert's not playing in this game, and that would make it a little clearer, and it would make Wilson a, a pretty nice start in this one against what's a very vulnerable uh, Cowboys defense. Uh, Duke Johnson, he might be sidelined. He was downgraded to a DMP on Thursday. That could mean a few more carries for David Johnson. I don't love the matchup, even if he is the full-time back there. I mean, going against the Colts, uh, not the best matchup, but David Johnson could get a little more work. That would bump him up the rankings a little bit. Uh, the Dolphins RBs, so Miles Gaskin likely out. I don't think he can get cleared in time from the COVID list. And then we're waiting to see Salvin Ahmed. He's got that shoulder issue that's been keeping him out, but he's been limited in practice this week. So maybe we could see him come back. He would be the favorite for carries if he's able to get back into the lineup. And if Ahmed's out, then we're looking at DeAndre Washington and Matt Breda, some combination of them. Breda looks like he's going to be ready to go this week, and that won't be that enticing for fantasy if it's some combination of those two. Uh, I'll also mention Chase Edmonds, likely going to miss this week. I think he got back out in the practice field on Friday. I think I saw that pop up right before we started. Um, but if he's unable to go and he wasn't able to practice before that, then Kenyon Drake, kind of like the David Johnson thing, but just in a better setup and a guy who's been producing more lately, Kenyon Drake uh, would get more work there, uh, would have a pretty good shot to put up numbers. I mean, on the year, he's been a top 15 fantasy running back. He's got a shot to end pretty strong. Um, could be, you know, he's been pretty good in the second half of the season. I know I got some flack because I was recommending him before the year and he didn't start off great and he was splitting time, but in the second half of the year, he's been pretty good and he might have the backfield all to himself this week. At receiver, 
I talked about most of the big names earlier, guys that are likely still going to be out. Uh, we'll see about Michael Thomas. We can monitor guys like A.J. Brown and Robert Woods. Seems like it's just maintenance for them. It's kind of what the coaching staffs have been saying, and it's kind of based on what we've seen the last few weeks with them with injuries, especially Brown. They like to give him some time off. Uh, the Dolphins wide receivers, I was very surprised to see Devontae Parker and Jakeem Grant out there practicing. It was in a limited fashion, but they were still out there practicing. And we could include Mike Gusecki here too. I know he's a tight end, but he's basically a slot receiver in that offense. All those guys back in the practice field after what looked like pretty serious injuries last week. Uh, Parker and Grant, they're dealing with the hamstring issues. Gusecki, it seemed like it was a separated shoulder, but it's a shoulder issue regardless. I'm still expecting that Grant and Gusecki are probably going to miss this week. I wouldn't plan on having them, but Parker kind of seems like he has a legit shot to get out there. So we'll be watching the Friday practice reports and the updates over the weekend if they can play. And either way, I mean, as long as one or two of them are out, then Lindenbaum continues to be a good pickup. I recommended him in the waiver wire article, and I would still play him as a flex option if all of those guys end up out then Bowden would be a wide receiver three with upside there. Mac Hollins, a deeper option if those guys are out. But right now it's at least trending positive for you know maybe one or two of them. So we'll see. A hobbled Parker going up against the Patriots secondary. It's not ideal. I mean, I would look at him if he's out there as a wide receiver three. It's a, a fairly risky play in the fantasy semifinals. Brandon Cooks. We really don't know his status yet. We need more information from Friday's practice. I didn't see it before we came on. I would lean towards playing him. Um, I don't feel confident about that. And I would say that you could still roll, even if he's out there, you could still roll with Chad Hansen, with Kiki Cutie. Those guys both had over 100 yards uh, in their last game there a couple weeks ago going up against the Colts. So I like them in that matchup. I think they could produce whether uh, Cooks is out there or not. We should see Marquise Brown and all those Ravens wideouts that got put on the COVID list. They were close contacts, and the team is still saying that they're going to be able to get cleared and play this week. Uh, whether Jameson Crowder plays or not, I wouldn't be starting him probably. I don't think I would want to put him out there. He's banged up. He's got two bad calves apparently, so I don't really want to have him in my lineup. I know he was producing early in the season, but very, very risky play against a tough Rams defense this week. And then the only tight end that I think we have to mention is Kyle Rudolph, who isn't practicing, doesn't look like he's going to play again. And that means that Irv Smith is going to be back on the streaming radar. I like him as a, a high tight end too, a guy that could sneak into the tight end one ranks. And man, I just hope that they give him more of an opportunity. Just let the guy play here. This year, he could have had the breakout. Now we're gonna have to wait till next year if they give him a bigger role. Hopefully they realize at this point what he can do. Uh, all right, that's it for the notable injuries. I'm trying to cruise through through here so I can get to as many of your questions as possible. If there's anybody else that you're worried about injury-wise, you can just come and find me on Twitter. I'd be happy to give you my thoughts on them there, but let's jump into some of these starts and sits. And the full column starts at stash quit. It's already up. You can check it out on the score. Bunch of players listed at every position, but let's go over a couple of the notable ones. For starts, how about Brandon Ayuk? I mean, it's pretty crazy. He's averaging the third most fantasy points per game among receivers since week seven. That is wild. I mean, stat lines, six for 115, eight for 91 and a touchdown, seven for 75 and a touchdown, 
5 for 95 and a touchdown, and 10 for 119. Kittle isn't likely to return this week. Debo Samuel, like I said, Kyle Shanahan even admitted that he's probably going to be out a while here. So that means that Ayuk is just in the spotlight. It's him and really nobody else. We'll see some other guys like Kendrick Bourne and maybe Richie James. We saw him pop up earlier in the year. We could see those guys as secondary options, but Ayuk is going to get a ton of volume in this game. We're talking about a guy who is just a a legit wide receiver one in fantasy and potentially a league winner gets to face the Cowboys defense. It's one of the five easiest matchups for fantasy wideouts. So I really like him this week. Um, I will give you that this one, you know, might not be so obvious this next one, but Jared Goff. So hear me out here because I know that Goff is going to be a tough guy to trust. I mean, he only has multiple touchdown passes in one of his last six games, I believe. So that makes it hard to get excited about putting him in your lineup in the fantasy playoffs. And you might be scared off because the Rams are such huge favorites, right? 17 and a half point favorites against the Jets. So maybe they just go out there and they run the ball and they lean on that great defense and they don't need to chuck it around very much. But the Rams implied team total is 30 points. So you have to think that Goff is going to get some of that action, right? Everybody gets worried that teams are just going to run. We've seen this with the Titans a whole bunch. Derrick Henry's going to get all the work. Well, if a team puts up 30 points, you're probably going to see their quarterback throw for a couple of those, right? So when you look at this matchup against the Jets, the Jets run defense, I know they're not as good recently as the season's gone along. They've fallen apart a little bit. But if you're looking at their defense, the run defense is better than their pass defense. And their pass defense, I mean, they're giving up the second most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks. But recently, it's been touchdown totals of 5, 2, 3, 2, 4, and 4 again over their last six games. That's what quarterbacks have put up on them. So, you got to think that Goff is going to be able to put up a couple touchdowns here and that could put him into the low end QB1 mix. I'd be starting all my Rams in that matchup. For sits, it's tough to suggest running backs to sit because I know the position dries up so quickly here, but we have to adjust our expectations for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire going up against the Saints, right? And I know you can look back to last week and you can say, well, he had a a season high in playing time, right? Played 74% of the snaps. That's great to see, but now he has to go up against this Saints defense, and their run defense is phenomenal. Um, I just don't like CEH in this one. He's only top 50 rushing yards once since week six. That was that game against the Bills where after, the Bills basically admitted that they let him do it, that they just sold out to try to stop Mahomes. So we haven't really seen what we've wanted to see from CEH this season. They're still working in Le'Veon Bell, even a little bit of Daryl Williams there. And this matchup just really scares me. So I'm not really trying to play him anywhere this week. Yeah, he could get a touchdown, maybe a couple touchdowns. We've seen him do that before this year. But he's more in that fringe RB2, high-end RB3 range for me this week. And then Hayden Hurst at tight end. Been a guy that we used as a tight end one throughout the first half of the season. Averaged the 11th most fantasy points through the first nine weeks. But lately, he's been held under 10 yards. 10 yards in three of his last four games. I know he was dealing with an injury as well, not on the injury report this week. So maybe he's feeling a little bit better, but with Julio out of the lineup, that Falcons offense isn't nearly as dangerous. They're not going to be in scoring position as often. And that hurts all the weapons. We've seen really all the guys other than Calvin Ridley struggle with Julio out of the lineup. So I think there's better streamers 
that you could look at. You could check out, go back to my waiver wire column earlier in the week, or just take a look at my rankings, see who's available in your league, see if there's somebody that I have higher than Hayden Hurst. All right. I tried to speed through it as fast as I could here. We've gotten to the Q&A section. Let's see what you got for me this week. At D Jansen 4 as an underdog, is it better to chase upside or play high floor? For example, Tyler Lockett versus Tim Patrick. I've gotten a lot of questions about this kind of thing in the last couple weeks since the fantasy playoffs have come around, and you get a lot of questions about this every year around this time. And I get it, but I continue to say you don't want to overthink things. You don't want to get too cute with it and start, you know, second guessing what might be an obvious decision. And here, Yes, Tim Patrick could outscore Lockett for sure. Everybody knows I love Tim Patrick, but come on, Tyler Lockett, you have to have him out there. This is a guy that has 200 yard, three touchdown upside. I know the matchup's tough, but I'm still playing Lockett and I'm not going to second guess myself on that one. I just think you got to play your best lineup. And I think in that situation, I think Lockett is giving you your best chance to succeed. At L underscore cap underscore E underscore tan. Justin, thank you for helping me get to the championship game. You are more than welcome. I'm worried about starting Russell Wilson against the Washington football team. Should I pivot to Goff, Hertz, or Rivers? I'm dealing with a similar issue, actually. I have Wilson in one league, and I went and picked up Goff because I knew I was going to be debating it back and forth all week. And right now, I am still leaning, kind of like I said for the last question, I'm still leaning towards playing Russ. I think the overall ceiling is much higher. I think Goff is probably more of a floor play this week. I don't know that he's a guy that's going to go out and put up four touchdowns, even though we've seen a bunch of other quarterbacks do that against the Jets, but it's just hard to bench your stars, right? And even with Russ sort of struggling in the second half of the season, at least fantasy-wise, it's I understand why you'd question it, but I'm going to put him back out there right now, and I'm going to keep digging, though. So check out my rankings on Sunday in case I decide to change my mind, because that's what I'm going to be looking at quite a bit. At Stuart Preston 89 hey, Justin, I've been using your rankings and listening to your podcast all season, uh, and first overall, great. That's love hearing that, so thank you. Uh, now, Amari Cooper or Wayne Gallman Jr. for my flex? Well, it, you know, if you're looking at this, if you're talking about putting one of these guys in the flex in PPR, I'm going with Cooper. If you're talking about putting them in standard, I'd be going with Gallman. And if it's half PPR, it's kind of right in between. So you got to look at my rankings, I guess. You didn't specify which one it was, and I I can't really give you a definitive answer there. I would also say keep an eye on Devonta Freeman, who got activated. He's back on the roster here. We don't know if he's going to play this week, but if he's playing, yeah, they would be smart to continue to play Gallman. It seems like he's been the best back, but if Freeman is active... I'd be worried that he'd get a little bit of work and then Cooper would be the choice in all formats. At G underscore unit 27. Hey, Justin, if Raheem Mostert played this week, would you feel comfortable starting both him and Jeff Wilson at the same time? Matchups don't get much better than the Cowboys and Oscar Calzada Jr. in a similar spot here. Asked a similar, basically the same question. All depends who's on your roster, your other options. But if we get some positive reports about Mostert today over the weekend and we know that he's going to play and we're not worried about a snap count. We saw snap counts really bite us on Thursday night with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. If we don't think he's going to be on a snap count, if he's healthy, he's good to go, 
then yeah, I would be fine playing both those guys in a good matchup. Like I said, RB3s, but RB3s with a lot of upside. Both of them could come through for you. We've seen them both produce in games already this season together. Uh, Definitely a move I'd be willing to make. But once again, I kind of hope that, I don't know you don't, but I kind of hope that Mostert's out and we can just clearly play Wilson this week. At Preter Sandu, projected to lose by 17. Which one gives me the best upside in flex? Juju, Robbie Anderson, or Fournette? Also, Hurst versus Irv Smith Jr. in my tight end spot, half PPR. I like Robbie Anderson and I like Irv Smith there. Juju's interesting, but I still think Anderson has the higher ceiling and Irv Smith... Like I said, he really could have had the breakout this year. It's it's stunning that they didn't play him more until Rudolph got hurt. At King Tut Nordo, Robert Woods with a great matchup, but limited during the week with a thigh injury. Any concern they limit his usage knowing they probably don't need him to beat the Jets. That is absolutely true. Um, definitely one that we're going to keep an eye on here Friday and through the weekend. So far, though, doesn't seem like there's much concern from them. It seems like it's just a maintenance thing. So I still have Woods in all my lineups. At ill underscore Swayze. Hi, Justin. I was wondering if you think it's time to finally drop Kenny Galladay. He likely won't play this week. And if he plays next week, I'm not sure if I'd want to start him in the championship week. Thanks. Yeah, I'm with you here. You know, the team finally acknowledged uh, this week that they might have to shut him down, that he might not play. They said that he really wants to play. I thought he was doing that AJ Green playbook where he was looking at free agency and saying, why come back for a team that's not going to make the playoffs here with free agency looming and with the injury and with the team also talking like that, he's not going to be back this year. You can drop him at Texas Tech, Tim Hertz versus Andy Dalton at QB two in my two QB league. Who would you start? And yes, my players keep getting hurt. (laughs) I like Hertz here. I think he's got more upside. If we could see him put the rushing production together with a little more passing work. And remember, that matchup against the Saints last week was a very difficult one. And he produced in that game. Didn't have big passing stats, but got a ton of rushing production, right? 18 carries. If we could see him put up similar rushing numbers and add a little bit through the air in an easier matchup, he's the guy to go with. He's got a much bigger ceiling there than Dalton. At Benny Pucks. Thanks, Justin. What to do as a Breeze and Taysom owner? Only other options are Dalton, Locke, Mullins, maybe Bridgewater. I think I would just play whoever starts here between Breeze and Taysom. Yeah, we'll probably see Taysom get some work like he used to do. Uh, They'll combine there, but I still think Breeze is going to go out there and he could throw for some touchdowns. Could be a very exciting game. So right now it looks like Breeze is going to start. He'd be a fringe QB1. I don't really have any fear that this is going to be some sort of situation where they say Breeze is going to start and then last minute it's Taysom out there. Risk of re-injury, obviously, during the game, but I would just go with whoever's going to start in that one. At Scott underscore McMahon, I'm left with a pile of average wide receiver options. That is not a nice way to put it, Scott. Uh, Need to pick two. Clayton, Shark, Boyd, Shepard, Lazard, or Richard Higgins. I don't really think that that's a pile of average receivers at all. I would go with Claypool for the TD upside. We saw the last time that they played the Bengals, he scored two touchdowns. And I would go with Shark. I know it really hasn't happened for him this year. And I know the matchup isn't great, but I think of all those guys, he offers you the most upside. He's got that wide receiver one upside. And the other guys are just longer shots or more. Maybe they are more the the average pile, like you said. At Fantasy Caesar, Justin. 
What do you do to relieve fantasy stress when Darren Waller scores a big 20 bomb on you? <laughs> I, I Just relax. I mean, we're early in the week. Maybe your tight end is going to put up more than 20 this week, right? It's not impossible that your tight end, depending who your tight end is, not impossible that we could see that happen. I mean, I would just say that relax is a long way to go this week. And I saw a, a funny tweet last night, actually talking about the Keenan Allen stuff. It was from Danny Kelly at the ringer. And he said, a good thing to remember when setting your Keenan Allen lineups tonight is that the entirety of human existence has been nothing more than a blink of an eye in the planet's lifetime, and that soon the machines will take over and free us from the burden of freedom. So that basically nails it, right? Don't stress. There's bigger things to worry about. At Abney9, played against Herbert Henry, um, and I played Keenan Allen, basically goosed for me. Who has the highest upside out of Hertz, Cousins, or Drake and Swift in full PPR? Thanks. In that case, once again, you're going Hurts for the rushing upside and hoping that he can come through. I think he definitely he could put up a, a top five day um, if we see it all come together for him in an easier matchup. And then between Drake and Swift, I would go with Drake uh, only because with Stafford not out there, like I said earlier, it hurts that entire offense for the Lions. So I would just be worried about the amount of scoring opportunities that we're going to see there. At Waffles to go one time. Hi, Justin. Always look forward to your columns and your podcast. Week in and week out, would you start Cam Newton or Gardner Minshew in a 2QB league? Tough matchups for both. Having a hard time deciding. Thanks for any insight. Appreciate the follow. Appreciate the kind words. As, you know, as much as I don't like Cam this week, I would go with Cam in this matchup um, between these two. I just think Gardner, we've seen him crater this year. And with a harder matchup, it's not out of the question that he gets pulled in this game where, you know, Cam, at least you know you're going to get the rushing production. It's possible he gets pulled too. It's also a tough matchup against the Dolphins, but I would lead Cam there uh, just because Gardner, the team really doesn't seem to be that excited about Gardner where Cam, the Patriots are locked in with him as their starter right now. At It's Me Mario 55. Hey Boone, love the show. Been following you exclusively all season and that's led me to the semifinals. Thank you for that. You are welcome. Would you ever consider adding an IDP column to your rankings? Man, I would love to do IDP. I absolutely love the format. I play in a couple IDP leagues. It's fantastic. The problem for me is just time during the season. It's the same reason why I would love to do dynasty content during the season. I just can't. Got a ton of respect. There's some analysts out there that do the offensive projections and the defensive projections. Complete hats off to them. I think if I tried to do both, that one would suffer or they both would suffer, um, but really like IDP. And I would say, if you're looking for for someone who is, is really good at IDP, I would highly recommend idpguru.com, uh, Ryan Sitzman. Um, he's fantastic. He's really good. I know he's done really well in the Fantasy Pros Accuracy Contest for IDP. And I've looked at some of his resources on there, some of the the stats that they have, some of the predictive, like the usage stuff. He's got some really great stuff on that site. So I would go check that out for IDP. At Blake Murphy, ODC, our friend Blake, the Raptors beat writer, former score writer. Uh, thank you for continuing to produce content for those of us still thriving in the playoffs. And at Irie Dame responded to Blake's tweet and said, second that. Well, thank you to both of you for the kind words there. I mean, we're at the end of the show here, so I guess I could just take some time let me say a huge thank you back to to everybody out there. I mean, not just, you know, everybody asked questions, everybody who supported me, everybody that watched, that listened to the show, the podcast, everybody that supported my work. It is a very long season. 
I will say that is a very long season and it's draining and I get worn down as the year goes along. It happens every single fall, lack of sleep, some unhealthy habits. I mean, junk food, coffee, kind of, you know, whatever it takes just to, to get through. And I, I can't tell you just how great of a feeling it is when I log on to Twitter and people send messages and it's not just the questions. It's not just like the questions with the thank yous in there. Sometimes I post my rankings and people will just respond and say, thank you for posting it. You know, my columns, thank you for posting it. You know, appreciate the work you do. And it's not a question or anything. They're not trying to butter me up to make sure that I answer the question on the podcast or anything like that. So I really do appreciate all the support. And, you know, if you're watching, if you're listening right now, it means that you likely made it to the semifinals like I did in a bunch of my leagues. So congratulations on that. I hope I played some small part in getting you there. And I hope that we can get you through the finish line here and we can take home a title because that's what it's all about. I mean, we're doing this for fun. You know, we want to compete against our friends and our coworkers and all of that. But, you know, a big reason is that we also want to have the bragging rights and, and bring home the title. So uh, thank you so much. Like I said off the top, uh, all my content going to still be available at the score here. Uh, you could check all that out over the next couple weeks leading up to the fantasy championship. Uh, encourage you all to download the score app. I mean, if you haven't already, I'm always stunned by this. If people are following me and they don't have the score app, but score app, we've just been crushing it. I mean, not just the main app, we got the score bet as well. So we're taking over the world here and I encourage you to join us. I think you should take advantage of that. Not just the fantasy content, but across all sports. And if you got more questions for me, I know I'm not able to get to all of them on the show here. If you got more questions, come find me on Twitter at Justin Boone. You can join me on Sunday for the Twitter takeover at 10.30 a.m. Eastern on the score's main account there. It's last chance to answer any questions for week 15, so you can hit me up there. Uh, Don't miss out on that. But until then, that's all I got. Thank you so much for this all year. Thank you so much for the questions. A big thanks for tuning in. Good luck in week 15. Said leave on time, my baby. Said leave on time. Leave on time with me tonight. I said,